Um, you know, I just want to share with you for a few moments. We're going to show you a video. And uh, this video is going to really be powerful. But guys, can I just thank you for letting me have that moment with you? Is that okay? Is that okay that I was a little emo? <laughs> guys, but listen, I, I mean, I took a beating. I took a beating. And I'm not saying this to solicit any type of um, sympathy from you because you know I'm a, I'm a warrior. But at the same time, there's something about this December and you know, you hear the news and you're just like, man, I'm about to be misunderstood, taken out of context and straight up abused for the next month or so. Praise God. But the thing that I feel is, is really what the Lord is telling me is like, Mike, you guys have an opportunity to get it right this time and not be bitter, be better. Anybody want to go there with me? Cause I just, there's something that God's breathing on this. So, um, I do want to tell you that even though I don't like Christmas programs, and I'm getting over that, you know, the, you know, like the, every year, you know, when it's like, and then still the people who visit are like, it was all right. You know what I mean? You're like, cause they go to Broadway and it's so much better on Broadway. Jesus Christ, superstar, whatever they see, you know, whatever play they see or whatever. But I feel like this Christmas, it's going to be a supernatural experience. It's a short service. So I want you to be able, you know, you can bring your family comfortably. It's not like we're going to freak them out too bad. But, uh, and it is a short service with a very short word, like 10 minutes, maybe less. But I feel like things are going to be so anointed by God that when we step into this Christmas Eve, he's going to answer the prayer of all those names written on that tag. And, you know, yesterday, this is, I'm going to show you a video, and then we're going to bring our pastors up. We have a real special treat uh, prepared for you. But, you know, yesterday, this whole place was filled. It was like a winter wonderland. And we were uh, distributing to hundreds of people on Long Island uh, Christmas, like finances so that they can go and even dignify them to buy presents for their own kids. And so we were here yesterday. It was an amazing thing. And so overall, uh, we will have provided Christmas through strategic partnerships all over the U.S. and the world, five different countries, over 3,000 children having Christmas. Isn't that amazing? And so that was yesterday, and now here we are today. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm so encouraged in the midst of darkness. I had said this yesterday, but, you know, when you walk outside during the day, the stars are always there. It's just that it takes darkness to reveal them. And for many of you, there's destiny and greatness on the inside of you. And it took a pandemic to reveal who you really are. I'll tell you a secret about money. Money doesn't change you, it reveals you. If you're stingy poor, you'll be stingy rich. If you're generous when you're poor, you'll be generous rich. Because money doesn't change you, it just reveals you. It's just who you already are, straight up. And same thing with influence. Getting influence doesn't change people, it just puts a microscope on the narcissism and pride that was already there. So influence isn't gonna change you, it's just gonna magnify you. And make it easier for people to see the things that God wanted to work on when you were in your hidden season that you kept resisting. And so there's a part of me that's like, you know, during the certain parts of this pandemic, guys, I would preach a sermon in my queen's office for video over 70 times because I was so afraid of losing, not people going to different churches, because you guys know I preach so crazy. I pretty much make you want to leave sometimes. 
but losing people that my words would have created a situation and God would have dealt with it with more wisdom. And that's traumatizing for a leader. And I, there's many of you who are entrepreneurial leaders and leaders. It, it, this has been a very traumatizing season. Am I right? It's gonna take us years to calculate the cost of what this did to us emotionally and mentally. And I don't say that from a negative vantage point. I just say that I was thinking about Moses and Aaron. And the thing about Moses and Aaron was that Moses was so incapable. But Aaron... Sometimes he got it right, sometimes he got it wrong, but he had a sidekick. I, I don't know that Moses would have tried to part the Red Sea without Aaron, but I think he just looked at Aaron and he said, you know, between God and Aaron, either this sucker's gonna split or we're all just gonna die, but at least me and Aaron will die together. You know, there's a humanity in the Bible, not just divinity. And I know that some of you guys follow biblical scholars who act like their stuff don't stink, but as a real human being who goes through real stuff, Sometimes you need God, and sometimes you need Aaron. You feel that? And I think what our church can be is sometimes you're the Moses. Sometimes you're the Aaron. Sometimes you are the one facing the Red Sea, and you need a cheerleader, your connect group leader, your dream team leader, one of the friends that you have in this church. And then sometimes you know, you're the Aaron where it's like, you know, your, your job, your role is to encourage somebody. And, and I just wanted to make sure that I did it a good job today of telling you guys how much I love you and how thankful I am of you and for you. And, you know, many of you guys I haven't had conversations with, but I know your name. I ask the leaders about you. I check in on you. And there's just something that I don't think you understand because of your own woundedness, how much love there really is in the father's house. And one of my goals in 2022, as we look ahead, is to look back first. Because David won great victories like that. David was like, hey, I already killed a lion of bear, so surely I'll kill this uncircumcised Philistine. See, what the devil tries you to get you to do is to look back with a perverted version of the past. So he tries to show you how bad the past was, and he wants you to pay attention more to the defeats than the victories. But see, David paid attention to the victories and said, well, I've already had victories, I'll have more. And so I was looking back in this last year and it's like a crazy thing that this pandemic will do to a leader because we turned into fastest growing church in America. We have a global audience online and I still grieve the five people that I couldn't save. It's the paradox of progress. It's how you know that you really have a mother or father's heart is you don't care that you have 10 children if one of them died. Do you feel that? See, when you're, a, when you're a pastor and you're obsessed with numbers, all you care is growth. When you're a shepherd and a father and a mother and you care about children, you'll grieve over the one, no matter how many more show up. And what I believe that God wants you to do, and I really want you, every year you should look back. You should just look back how far he's taken you. Think about the things that you thought this last year were gonna end you. Think about the times where you were really like, I can't do another minute, and yet God just took you and carried you through. Hasn't he been good? And I, I, just, I, I just wanted to take a time to reflect. You know, I was asked by my apostolic oversight to be the lead pastor of a pretty large church in Northwest Indiana during this pandemic. 
And at one point I was pastoring as a lead pastor to congregations across country in a global pandemic. And I can't believe they even gave me that responsibility. Like, why did they trust me with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like when you get the car, the key, you know, the older you get, you think about being 16, you're like, who let me drive? You know, like I have a kid who's getting close to that age and I'm just like, there ain't no way she can be 27 years old by the time she drives. You know what I mean? And uh, somebody gave me the responsibility of pastoring two churches at the same time during this pandemic. And it was like uh, traumatizing. And I felt like I couldn't do anything good enough for anybody. I failed everybody. That's what it meant to be a leader in this pandemic is you fail everybody all the time. And I'm not saying this for sympathy. I'm just saying, but this is what it means. And I was thinking about Moses going to Mount Sinai and getting the tablets from God. And he comes down and the people are all just, you know, golden calf. And he just throws those tablets down. He's ticked off. He's like, man, it's going to be like that today. You ever walk into your job and you're like, today's one of those throw the tablets to the ground kind of days. Y'all are idiots. I can see nobody's saved here. No Holy Spirit in here, but inside of me. You know what I'm talking about? You go to that Thanksgiving dinner or that Christmas dinner, you're like, yep, I'm definitely the only saved one here. And uh, Moses went through that. And I, I felt like through this season, the Lord has been really growing you in ways that you'll never know the depth and the height and the width of it. And you can't be grateful for what God has done in you in this last season because you're too close to it. See, if you hold, I prophesied this before the pandemic, literally right before it happened. When you put your nose up to the Mona Lisa, you don't see the Mona Lisa. You see a blur of black and brown. It's only when you pull your face far enough away from it that you see it's a masterpiece. This is your life right now. You're in it too close. Once you get distance, you'll see God was making a masterpiece. The difference is I want to collaborate with the artist. I don't just want to be mad the whole time he's doing it. Who's the clay to say to the potter, you can't mold me? I'm just saying, God, mold me, shape me, make me. And I want to give God a bigger voice in my life than the bloggers and the news media and all the people that did not see the sham of this whole pandemic is none of those people helped you. They didn't make you richer. All these people that you've made your hero through this pandemic because they agreed with you, they didn't even help you. Your life didn't change one iota. You just had somebody with a big social platform agreeing with you and it made you feel vindicated because you still had an orphan heart. And all these pastors that are growing churches off of political parties are in for a very big treat a couple years from now when they find that not even their people agree anymore. See, easy come, easy go. You want to build a relationship off of sex? It's easy, but it's going to end just as fast as it started. You build a marriage off of commitment. You build a marriage off of communication. I heard somebody, I did a wedding for a beautiful couple of our church. And, you know, he reminded me that there's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and then the third one is the suffering. <laughs> Come on now, some of you never got that one. And, you know, being covenanted to the local church. Some of you are visitors today and you're like, I'm going to keep coming back because I like the worship. That's the engagement ring experience. Some of you know in our noon service, they all come from other churches because they finally get to check out V1 at noon. Come on now. I know y'all. I know how you do. And, uh, 
And they come because, and they do this in Brooklyn too, they say, and they tell this to our pastors, I love Pastor Mike's preaching, so I come to hear his preaching. That's the engagement ring. You could break off an engagement anytime. I wanna know who's moved past the wedding ring into the suffering with me. Because I wanna know who's married to the body of Christ. Because there's a spirit on this island. There's a spirit, an orphan spirit that just thinks that church is a buffet and I go here for chicken this week and then I go there for Cajun this week and I go this. No, this is not a buffet. You can't date the bride. You gotta marry the bride, homie. And so guess what? You don't have real relationship until you have real conflict. And so I'm thankful that we disagreed because now you got to see my heart. I often say that you don't know who a pastor is when you join their church but you always know who they are when you leave. And uh, they'll wine and dine you on the way in and then gossip about you on the way out. And my goal has been to bless everybody in and bless everybody out because this is bigger than whatever stupid argument we're having in this era. I just had to pour the anointing oil of unity because what I see in the spirit is our church. And I know I'm off the cuff today. I did this on purpose and we're gonna bring our pastors up. What I see in the spirit for our house looking forward, and my wife confirmed it with a supernatural vision she had. It was a vision, not a dream, right? Is is a vision, like an open vision, yeah? That there was this gate, and there was a door on the gate, and it was like there was like either a person or a demon that was like holding influence, and this gate represented the gate for influence, And it had been locked out. And she was like, I I know it's demonic, but maybe there's even people that have been like talking and blocking. And she was like, I feel like the Lord said in 2022, he's gonna release that gate so that many people through V1 can step through that gate of influence and step into their calling and what God has for them. Come on. So I've had the altars open all last you know, a couple weeks praying for you guys and speaking into this orphan spirit, trying to do the best I can to prepare you for what I feel the Lord is gonna do in your life. I really believe this. He's gonna open up that gate of influence and cause you to step into the other side. But, you know, that's why when pastors like, how do you have your sermon notes translated in five different languages? I'm like, well, because I got cussed out in 12 different languages earlier in the year. And, and so, you, you know, you can't, if everybody wants pure gold, nobody wants the refiner's fire. And it's just like, you, you know, people are going to see what you stepped into in this next season. They're going to want your results, but not the toiling and the, and, the, and the sowing and the, you know what I'm saying? There's an old song, you know, the, the Gen Z's don't know this song, but it used to go, every rose has its thorn. Come on now, somebody. You know you made out to somebody during that song. Every rose has its thorn. And that's, that's truly what this is. It's been hard. When I saw that over 3,000 kids were going to have Christmas this year, and I thought about the couple of years growing up, I didn't have Christmas. I asked myself, would I go through those Christmases again and again and again if I knew there were 3,000 kids on the other side of it? because my, my pain turned into purpose. And I said, yeah, I would do it again. When some of you who are struggling in your marriage right now, share your story at the V1 marriage conference and you see how many marriages get free from your marriage, you'll ask yourself, would I go through it again? And I bet you would once you see what God turns it into. Oh, you guys don't see what I see. Come on, I'm in the visionary of this house. 
When, when, when you see how many people are connected to your yes, first you go from, God, get me out of this pandemic. When you see the goodness of God and the land flowing with milk and honey, you'll say, I'd fight all those giants again. When you see your children's children's children living in the promise that you fought for, you'd slay every single giant again. That's what I see for you. And I know it's quiet. There's a weight on this word. Do you feel it? And I know we got some visitors and you're thoroughly freaked out. Praise God. That's good for you. It's good for you to be freaked out. Come on, sit, sit in the presence of God. This is your heavenly father trying to minister to you today. And I just wanted to pour my cup for our house because what, here's what's going to happen. And then I want to have the pastors come up. You guys, well, we're going to show a video. Um, and then, then they'll come up. So here's what's going to happen. This Christmas Eve, I dare you to invite one of your family and friend me- or friends, family members, friends to our Christmas Eve services and watch God save them. Not me, God. The Holy Spirit's so much better than me. There's been times where I've bombed out sermons and people have had radical conversions because the Holy Spirit was speaking to them the whole time. I don't trust in my own, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Even when I preach, I'm like, Holy Spirit, the yes was on me, the results are on you. And, um, and so anyways, uh, bring them this, this Christmas Eve, I dare you, just a short message. Let the Holy Spirit minister to them. Number two, the next week after that, we're doing a Sabbath Sunday. I installed Sabbath Sunday years ago when we first launched the church because the Lord just told me, if you don't let the soil rest, it, it doesn't yield a, as high quality of a crop. And so sometimes pastors over-till the soil. And so we're just gonna take a couple weeks to chill after the holiday. And that one Sunday is gonna be called Sabbath Sunday. It's broadcast only, which means that if you come here, uh, just lay your hands on the building and pray and intercede for it because it's locked. (laughs) And ain't nobody gonna be, not even to intercept you and tell you we're not having church. Nobody's gonna be here. So you just pray. And you just say, Lord, you brought me here. Maybe you needed to do something. I don't know. Um, and so, and then I'm going to be teaching a word about the Jewish calendar. Uh, I have a tremendous revelation about this prophetic timeline that we're in right now, because in the Western world, we're celebrating crossing over to 2022, um, but Israel does not tell time the way that we do. And so I want to show you what I believe you're stepping, you're, you're, we're in a, like, according to the Jewish calendar, we're splitting a year. And I want to show you through history, whenever years like this have replicated the implications for God's people. And I believe it's going to be a massive word. So how many of you are going to have pajama parties and, uh, you know, watch parties at home and all that? Okay. Uh, and so the last thing I want to do um, is uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank every single one of you. See, a preacher getting up to talk is just, it's just a sermon. That's what you call a sermon. A preacher gets up and talks. But when the people use that and light their torch and, and spread out and expand, that's called a movement. So no preacher can start a movement. Only the people can start the movement. A preacher can preach, but the people can move. And see, I want to thank you because you're movement makers. And whenever I preach at other churches... And I share their stage, no matter how big it is, I want to get back to my own because you guys are the most special group of people I've ever met in my life. I don't, I don't find myself fit to lead you and pastor you. I just know I'm running on pure grace. 
And if you're ever gonna do anything great from God, for God, it's gonna be bigger than your ability anyway, so I guess I just resigned to that. You guys are the most talented, anointed, kind-hearted people I've ever met in my life. And I wanna sincerely thank you because when we see this video, I started off kind of like jokingly, but I am aware of how little what we're about to watch has to do with me and how much it has to do with you and you just needed permission. It was like when I got to New York, and I'm just talking to our New York family, shout out to our global family too. When I got to New York, I realized New York just needed a reason and they needed permission. It's like the greatness is already in you. you are, God was already prime in this region. It was just like he needed so, just somebody to say, I, I believe in you. I believe in what you can do. I believe, it just needed permission. And I know for many of you, that's been like a rare thing because every church you went to, you got blocked. But then I showed up and I just started saying, I opened the gates. Let's go. And man, I've been blown away. And so every dollar you've given... I know that some of you only give $5 in the offering, but that's 100% of your bank account. I, for every dollar you've given, every time, every hour you've served on a team, every phone call that you've made on behalf of, even if I, I, I can do this on behalf of God, thank you for caring about people that nobody else cares about. Thank you for having conversations with the least of these and treating them like queens when the whole world treated them like trash. Thank you for being kind when everybody out here will cut you off on the road and give you the bird, but we'll give you a wave into a hug. Thank you for being that kind of church that makes it so real. I just, I, I, I'm done. I'm done with this. I can keep going on forever. But do you guys feel me? Thank you. I, I know we're not a perfect church. But I believe that David was perfect hearted even though he slipped up with Bathsheba. I believe David was perfect hearted even though he had a son Absalom and couldn't get him under control. And the thing about our house is there's something about your hearts that is so pure before the Lord that it's made me a better person and a better pastor and made me a better Christian. And as I preach pretty much the last sermon to our house for this year, um, I really just wanted to sincerely thank you because when I look back, I got asked to preach at the second largest church in America this year because the pastor said, I wanna know what's happening in Brooklyn, Long Island, Indiana, and around the world because it's so unusual that you cannot fake it and it's happening year over year the last three years. And, uh, and so I just had to thank you guys for that. So I did kind of a funny intro to this video. I want you to show that. We're gonna spend a little bit of time with our pastors sharing some meat of the word. So check this out. Oh no, churches around the world are closing their doors. My friends, they're all deconstructing. They don't even believe in God anymore. The young people, they're leaving in droves and they're never coming back. They're done with organized religion. Are you sick and tired of hearing the fear-based narratives in the midst of a move of God that's happening around the world? The Bible declares that not even the gates of hell will prevail against the church. I wanna show you what God has been 
doing in the midst of V1 Church in and through a global pandemic. We gave all of our financial data. We gave all of our metrics to a John Maxwell founded company called Enjoy. And I want you to hear what they had to say when they looked at what God was doing in our midst. Take a listen to this. God is literally doing something here at V1 Church that we have never seen happen before. You are the leading church in our fastest growing church in America category. And it's not an anomaly because we went back for the last three years and the trend over time is continual growth that will blow your mind. I looked at it and I could not believe what I was looking at. I've been with Enjoy for 12 years plus. I have never in my career seen the kind of numbers that V1 is producing. Come on, that's something to celebrate. Hey, can you guys stand on your feet and just help me honor the care pastors of our house as they come to this stage? Come on. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Hey, you know, I wanted to take some time to narrate that video because you could hear Fastest Growing Church in America, number one. And you could think that we care about numbers. But I would, t- I would tell you this, we're a small church with a lot of people. Yeah. And um, hopefully you felt my heart in all of that. And how many of you believe that until every soul on this island knows Jesus, our church is still not big enough? Anybody else believe that with me? So these pastors are, you know, how I have under-shepherded the, the people of our church. So I've given my heart to them and they've pastored and made mi- midnight phone calls and, and hospital visits and done weddings and funerals. And they've gone the distance with you guys. And then under their leadership is the connect group leaders who have come alongside of you and prayed for your needs and helped you. And, and so that's how you can go to a church like this and be known and be seen and, and actually have real family. And so I had asked them, I said, guys, the last couple of weeks I was giving such dense teachings, you know, last Last week alone, I went through seven ways of identifying whether or not you're an orphan, that we need to have a Selah moment where we go back and we sort of um, take a take-home plate. Y'all know about a take-home plate? And so, you know, like, hey, that food was so good, let's eat it again. And so I wanted them to tell you guys kind of what they've been through. And uh, they're just gonna kind of refresh us on last week and give you a new perspective from their life experiences. And so, uh, Pastor Patrick, you got the mic, so it looks like you got voted. But, you know, as we've been breaking this orphan spirit off and preparing for 2022, what do you wanna highlight and, and how has God done this in your life? Um. You know, first let me, yeah, Pastor Jocelyn voted me in, uh, to go first. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, first let me say that this, that this, mess, this, this series um, has been so powerful. And, and I remember a quote by Michelangelo, Pastor Mike, and um, he said that they, 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 the reporter asked him, how did you create this beautiful um, piece of David? He said, you know, I... Over time, I chipped away everything that didn't look like David. And I kind of feel like this, this series, The Orphan Spirit, has been like that. Where you begin to chip through the messages, begin to chip away everything that doesn't look like a son and a daughter. And, and um, you know, for me, you know, I grew up, you know, with... 
you know, I've, I've felt rejection throughout my life, and uh, maybe I've never said this to even Pastor Mike. Every man I've, 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 I've encountered uh, failed me. My father. So I have like, a deep anger towards men. And, um, wow. you know, I... Coaches, everybody had problem in me. And now you know the encourager, Patrick. So that's what I became through Jesus. But I struggled throughout my life, you know, in trying, seeking for affirmation. Because I, all I wanted to do was my father to affirm me. and never got that. So I was always looking for that next male figure to affirm me. And I never got it. I played every sport in the book. I have more trophies than I told the candles on the stage here. But there was, some, there was a deep emptiness inside of me. But the crowd made me feel fulfilled. So I would play for you every day. I would do anything to get it. But I realized that when I took, when I took off those uniforms, I was the most depressed, most empty person in the world. But I remember there was, you know, Pastor Mike played a very important role in the time I've been with him and breaking off this orphan spirit because it made me feel like I'm worth something. And for years I've preached as an orphan, I've led as an orphan, I've encouraged as an orphan, but never knew I was an orphan. And I remember one day in, in particular, you know, I was in a meeting and, I, and, I, and my wife was there and, she, and I came out and she said to me, do you know how good you are? And I said, no. Because nobody has ever told me. So I felt good on the outside. It really felt good. But on the inside, there was, I was struggling. And for years, I've walked around wounded and as an orphan. But now, I, I can encourage you on the marriage group. I can encourage you in, in, your, in encountering you because some, I tried to become someone for you that I felt no one became for me. So, I, you know, I appreciate you. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. You know, when you talked about that deep-seated anger towards men and you were that vulnerable to share that, do you all see how if you carry that in your heart and then a global pandemic happens and now you have an excuse to act on that? Do you see how sometimes as the church we fail to deal with the root because we're too busy arguing about the fruit? And there's something about Pastor Patrick that he has laid his life down for this house. Uh, actually, I've known him longer than anybody else here. And we had a very long-standing, deep relationship where we went the distance. And we had a lot of vulnerable conversations. And he would, there was even times I remember where he would come to me and we would talk about you know church and being a pastor or whatever. And then he would be like, I've got this idea and this vision. I want to buy this projector. I want to do this. And I'd say, hey, how's your wife? How's your kids? Remember those conversations? Because it's like sometimes even success could be such a big distraction that you could feel like, you know, that you, you cross that finish line, right? 
and everybody is applauding for you. And so there's times where you create that. And then when you get good at creating that version of success, you keep chasing it over and over again. And it's a distraction because, you know, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? Yet you lose your own soul. And so it's like, hey, man, church people come and go, but your wife, that's forever. And I remember us recalibrating and resetting. And remember that work we would do? How many of you guys are thankful for Pastor Patrick and his contribution? I know online they're shouting him out like crazy. He's got so many, so many people online. Come on. Yeah, he's the real deal. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful moment. I told you you're the movement makers. Was I? Now, now you know I wasn't lying. Got me up here having an Oprah Winfrey moment. How dare you? You know, it takes a lot because what, what, what he showed you is how strong he really has become. Because only somebody strong could share that with you, knowing that they're confident in who they really are. Pastor Jocelyn? Um, so for me, it was number three from the seven from last week. Um, it says, you said, the orphan spirit serves God to earn the Father's love. And for so many years of my life, I was serving. I didn't know how to say no. I was serving, serving, serving. And I remember when I met my husband, I was like, man, he's so orphaned. He has such an orphan heart. And not looking at myself and how I had such an orphan heart. And I would say yes to everything because I wanted to be likable and, and wanted to be teachable. But in reality, I had such an orphaned heart. And being a part of this house in V1, like Pastor Patrick, he wants, he wants to be what he didn't feel he had. I wanted to be the same. And I have the pleasure of leading a connect group. And we have different people from different parts of the state and, and country. I have one woman that wakes up at 1 a.m. just to be a part of our connect group. And she met other women in the group and they have become a community of women that now they pray together and as iron sharpens iron and there's so many people in this house that sharpen me and I get to sharpen them and through community just truly being daughters and I'm so thankful to be a part of this house and have the privilege of leading a connect group and and pouring out and being so blessed by all the people that are just truly becoming up, becoming daughters, seeing people in the dream team, seeing people just really coming into their own. And there was something you said last week, orphans have destination disease. And I feel like being a part of this house, I don't have destination disease. My destiny in Jesus and what he's did, being a part of this house, pouring into others, others pouring into me. That destination disease has been broken off. Such a powerful anointing. Thank you. Go, keep going. One more thing I want to say Preach. is when women 
sometimes come to me and they're like, hey, Pastor Jocelyn, I'm re feeling rejected. And, and I'm like, okay, girl, I've, I've, I've felt that way too, whether it's my own process I'm able to share or just trying to pull them out of theirs. And every time Pastor Mike says, come along with me, never lose that because it's that special. And I look at Jesus and Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And when people come to me and they're saying, I'm broken I'm, and I'm talking to them, I'm counseling them, I'm giving them care. I'm like, girl, come on, let me wash your feet. You had a hard road and there was a journey you walked through and your feet are dirty and crusty. Let me wash your feet. You're not an orphan. This home for Christmas, you label this home for Christmas and you're not an orphan. Come home for Christmas. You're not orphans anymore. Come on, you feel this anointing. You can't. This is not writing the script for a good sermon. This is releasing the heart of the Father to you. When Jesus washed their feet, he was elevating them and saying, I've come to serve you. I had a woman crying in my office yesterday and she was telling me, Pastor Mike, when you told us that, that we're so obsessed with what's God gonna use us to do, but Jesus says, how can I serve you? That broke something in me. And so many of you have such bad theology that's like, oh, what do I, I hope Jesus lets me. And that's why you say yes to everything because the more things I say yes to, the more validation I have. But the only people that love you being that way are the ones who benefit from you not having boundaries. <laughs> that's the reason why no pastor or leader ever helped you because they benefited from you not being able to say no they benefited from your lack of boundaries. I remember so many conversations I've had with you where I've said, girl, uh, what if you didn't do this? And you'd be like, oh. And you remember, you know, and I was trying to find the right placement for her family. And I think one day you realize, Pastor Mike cares about me more than my gift. And, and I, I, I you, know, you know what I'm talking about. There's been so many times where I, I'd be like, hey, Jocelyn, are you all right? Let's try to figure out what you can do in this season. She's like, you're taking it away? And I'm like, no. I'm, I'm going the distance. And I think for many of you, boundaries for you, the people pleaser, say yes to everything is because you feel like your only value is when you serve someone else. But when the king of the universe steps out of heaven and says, how can I serve you? It baffles you. What if in 2022, one of your main goals is to let Jesus serve you better, to let him serve you more? To, do you feel that in the spirit? Guys, we've got to be done. Thank you for pouring your cup. I, I want to I do this. Pastor Daniel, just let you close us out. Maybe kind of share what you're going to share as we close. I know we got people from the noon service that are here now, but God is wrapping up something in you to get you into your next season. Pastor Daniel, can you close us out? Yes, I'll be. I'll try to be as quick as possible. Um, Pastor Jocelyn, I felt the same thing you felt. And when you said number three, I'm like, uh oh, I gotta change my point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I've been to different churches. My father is a pastor, and I always try to do everything, try to fulfill every position in the church. And I always said no. Uh, I never say no, I always say yes. Because I was trying to do things for God and not out of. Out of 
love that he has for me that I'm doing out of love for him. And I love you, Pastor Mike, but my salvation doesn't depend on Pastor Mike or any leader. It just depends on Jesus. And even though I'm not knowing, I was working towards my salvation, trying to say, hey, I'm trying to do everything because I'm trying to please you, God. And I was even telling my wife, hey, I'm doing things for God. And if you don't understand that, that I'm going to church to do things for God. I don't go to a bar. I don't drink. I don't, I don't do drugs. But I do everything for God. Little did I know that I was losing my marriage and using God as an excuse. <laughs> where now I come to a church where my wife is included in everything I do. Little did I know that I'm stepping into a place where... The, the deciding factor of staying at church or not, it was because of Pastor Julie. I was saying, we go into a church where women are being empowered to be used by God. And I'm done. I was, you know, the churches that I've been to, the fastest way I thought that to get somebody's attention is join the worship team. Because I'll get a mic, I'll get an instrument, I'll get exposure, I'll get to be known and people will know my name. Yet coming here, I said, let me sit on the back and let me just stay back there and not do nothing. I joined B1 College and I was in an interview with uh, Pastor Heaven. And he said, you know that by you, you know, completing the course doesn't mean that you will be in staff in church. I'm like, hey, I know I'm not doing it to be anywhere. I'm just doing it to be with God. And later on, not even having a very intimate, close relationship, we're being called out by our pastors, not because of the relationship with our pastors, which is great, by the way, but it was because God was calling us out and not our pastors. And as pastors were able to see that, that first we got to fix our relationship with the Father so then He can be our image of the Father here on earth. And that's, that, I don't want to make it too long, but that's just what it is you know it's it's not about me trying to do something it's not about doing the translations now it's not about the worship team it's not about the church it's not about helping out building it's not about anything it's just about me being in the presence of God and whatever I do is just because I want to be with you God because when I see people being free yes it's great it's your freedom but it's also my freedom because I'm in the presence of God and when there's the presence of God there's nothing but freedom there's freedom in my life because there's freedom in your life because together we're in the presence of God and that's all I want to be in in the presence of God whatever I do it's just you know, I, I love you guys all but it's not for you it's just because I want to be in the presence of God and in your freedom that's where the presence of God is come on come on man what a word what a word as we close out this series home home for Christmas what if the gift that you got this Christmas above all was a home? And not a place made of brick and mortar and stone, but actually living stones jointly fit together. Brothers and sisters in Christ, spiritual uncle, spiritual aunt, spiritual father even. And I wanna pray for you guys as we close this out and you go into your week and I can't wait to see you um, for our Christmas Eve services. Some of you are gonna dress up I hope all of you just wear clothes. That's my prayer. Wear something. If you're gonna wear a onesie, make sure that the back is buttoned up. Button up that little hatch in the back. And um, you are loved in this house. You are cared for. What you heard from these pastors is an extension of my wife and I's heart. But greater than that, an extension of Jesus and his heart towards you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you 
Jesus, you prayed that we would be one. And I thank you that through this Orphan Spirit series, this Home for Christmas series, God, that you have brought us together, metalheads, punk rockers, indie rock, hip hop. <laughs> Come on. We're not divided over genres. This is the remix. This is, this is what it looks like when, when, when you do a Holy Ghost remix. This is what would happen when we come together. What would happen when all the all-stars from every team start playing on the same team? What would happen when the Avengers come together? Come on, what, Father, what if you brought all of our giftings? What if Spider-Man and, and come on, what if, what if the Hulk, what if we're different by design and we cover each other and our superpowers through you carry somebody else through? Father, what if we were different by design? What if you had called us together for such a time as this and what if instead of being mad about what someone doesn't see we're glad that we saw it for them and we're covering them and father we have each other's back because the armor of the spirit only covers the front and father I just thank you that we're coming into 2022 united assembled we're coming into 2022 father one mind and one accord and I thank you for the saving of many around the world and father the healing of many that through our our scars would be healing for them through our stories would be the breakthrough that they needed and I thank you God this is more than a cliche it's a prophetic declaration that in our businesses our marriages in this church the best is yet to come in Jesus name and everybody shouted amen, amen. all right I'll see you guys this Christmas Eve I love you